Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Sylvia F., and I am a recovered compulsive overeater. Today is Tuesday, March 28, 2017. Today we are reading from the big book, and we are on page 19, the first paragraph, which none of us makes a sole vocation of this work. Today's readers are Sherry K.B., Camille G., John K., and Karen T. Our newcomer greeter is Melanie C. The reference numbers for um, yesterday's, our, our, our meeting yesterday at 10 a.m. is 9768, 9768. And the code for this morning's meeting, Tuesday's meeting, 7 a.m. East Coast, is 9771. 9771. OA Preamble, Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At A Vision for You Big Book Study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sherry KB to read the 12 steps. Sherry? Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Thank you for your service, Sylvia. Here are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. Twelve, having had a spiritual awakening as the result of these steps, we try to carry this message to to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And I pass. Thank you, Sherry. And now I will ask uh, Camille G., to read the 12 traditions. Camille? I'm sorry, this is Camille G. I was having problems getting in. The 12 traditions? Are we ready? Yes, yes. Okay, thank, thank you. 
One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God, as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10, Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you. Thank you, Camille G. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass and then press star one to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speakers, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book on page 19. It's the first paragraph, and it, and it starts with, none of us makes the sole vocation of this work. And I will ask uh, John Kay to begin our reading. John? Good morning. I'm John Kiernan, Recovered Compulsive Overeater from Los Angeles. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work, nor do we think its effectiveness would be increased if we did. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. All of us spend much of our spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which which are going to uh, we are going to describe. A few are fortunate enough to be so situated that they can give nearly all of their time to the work. Well, I'm still John, Peter. Um, you know, I tell people sometimes that, you know, the big book, it has certain sections that are denser than others and 
this is one of the densest paragraphs you can take because it is made up of uh, about three or four things from which we then, uh, you know, have, uh, you know, uh, that are a huge part of our, our recovery. You know, the one thing, you know, in the beginning here, it talks about we don't think the effect of this would be increased, you know, if we made it a sole vocation. I had always been taught, you know, we recover to live, not to live to recover, uh, meaning that it should not be, you know, all I do. I mean, the great thing about getting recovery is you actually have a lot more spare time when you're not running around deciding what you're going to eat, when you're going to eat it, where you're going to go, where am I going to go get it, uh, et cetera. And then, then uh, you can do almost anything from there. That's what I was taught. If you're an addict and you put down your substance, it, the future is almost unlimited. And it certainly was the case with me. Now, I do do a decent amount of 12-step work because I like to, but it can't be all of my life. And as it says here, too, you know, the elimination of our, our substance is just the beginning. There's so much more. You know, it, it's, it has to be the beginning, in my opinion. You have to get the substance now, but then working the steps and then working the steps anyway changes me and changes my life and makes me want to go out and, and, and recover to live. And, um, and, and then it goes on, you know, because it talks uh, in that thing about in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs, which is essentially a rewording of the second part of the 12 step, you know, uh, you know, that we want to uh, use this in all of our affairs. Uh, I, I really do believe that that's part of it. You know, I, I always joke that I think 12 steps is actually two steps jammed together, but they didn't want to have 13 steps, and I can understand that. But the whole idea of practicing these principles in all our affairs is, you know, what good is it if I go out and learn all this stuff, and then I go out and start treating everybody miserably and, 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 and that kind of thing. And, um, you know, I, I really do believe that's the key. Um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a quick example that I do sometimes if I'm leading retreats. Um, when I, I started this LA podcast thing, back in 2006, and the, for the first year or two, I wanted to get all of the people who had a lot of time uh, up there because there were a lot of places in the country that didn't have people in 20, 30, 40 years. And the one guy I wanted to get that I hadn't been able to get was this guy, Don. And when I went to him, and I said, Don, you're one of my favorite people. You have a wonderful recovery, and I'd like you to speak at, at Light a Candle. And he said, well, John, I'm sorry, but Light a Candle is 5.30 on Saturday night. And I promised my wife Saturday nights is hers. And I thought, there's your 12th step right there. You know, he's not saying, oh, the heck with my wife. Forget what I promised her. I want to go let everybody know what a wonderful program I'm doing. He's walking the walk, you know. And the last thing I'll say about that is, is I need to remember, too, I have a, you know, we're compulsive personalities. And once I get, I get a recovery, there's a part of me that wants to, continue on, you know, the old joke compulsive people say is anything worth doing is worth overdoing. And and I need to remember that I need to have a home life too. And gee, you know, there's a whole chapter to the wives that comes up that talks about that because, hey, this guy was uh, you know, start raping drunk and now he's start raping sober. And that did happen for a while. But that's what recovery is about, to put everything in perspective and to remember I recover to live, not live to recover. And with that I'll pass. Thank you, John Kay. I'm going to open it up for sharing. Uh, I'm going to remind you that we're on page 19, the first paragraph. And who would like to begin our sharing? Janice M. Janice M. Kathleen O. I've got Elizabeth 
Catherine O. Carrie S. Carrie S. This is so civilized. Anyone else? Okay. Well, we'll start with this. Elizabeth, uh, Janice M., Elizabeth, Catherine O., Carrie S. Janice? Well, good morning to you, Sylvia, and everyone. My name is Janice M., and I'm a recovered, grateful recovered, compulsive overeater. Yeah, I hope I can just piggyback probably on John. Um, None of us. Well, you know, I don't know anybody in OA for the past three decades that came in here and said, you know what, I'm going to make a vocation out of this OA. I mean, (laughs) you know, we all like oxygen and we all need oxygen, but we all need money. And we have to, you know, survive in this world with uh, maybe professions and jobs. So none of us come out to, to make this our sole vocation. It's an avocation. You know, our our pioneers talk about that on XIII because, you know, they were just getting started. They were just getting, you know, they were in recovery, you know, our, our, four, our forefathers, and they, you know, needed to have a job. <laughs> um, you know, their disease brought them no job, no nothing. And so they would do this on the side. Well, some of us, you know, uh, I'm talking about myself, um, even if you could do this, it wouldn't be effective because the results would be the same. However, you know, uh, we, um, I, about myself, you know, I had a profession for 31 years. And it, um, in my stage of life now, it's an avocation, you know, but it it's really is my job. <laughs> it's my job today because it's my responsibility mm-hmm. to do what? To carry the message. This is what it's talking about. You know, um, I can be effective. I can be effective because I was given this gift to carry the message of recovery that, you know, when you go through these steps, you have, I had a spiritual awakening as a result. So my message is, and the, not my message, the message is I have been recovered, not cured, from a seemingly, it seemed like I was hopeless, state of mind and body and this produced a different change in me a personality change i'm a better mother a better friend and i thought that abstinence was the end all oh let me just come to oa to be abstinent and lose the weight and i'll be wonderful etc little did i know that it's only the beginning and if you're new and you say oh yeah but it's the hardest thing let me tell you living is the hardest thing emotions emotional sobriety is the hardest thing. But see, when we get these steps and we get this guidance from a recovered sponsor or whoever you want to give your step to, um, you know, it, we, we, we progress. We progress on a daily, ba- you know, daily basis. Um, yeah, a, a good five, six, seven hours a day I'm doing this, whether I'm on the phone, whether I'm on a meeting, whether I'm doing service. And it's not a goody-goody two-shoes. It's because, you know, I have the time. I have the time to do this, but I also have the time that I have to get a balance in my life with my husband of 53 years and my son. I still have to, you know, wash clothes and do things, but you do become balanced, you know, once you get into it. In the beginning, it's like, oh, how am I going to do this? But you do, and that's the hope that I want to give to us, and this is the solution for life. And with that, I'm going to pass. Thanks. Thank you, Janice Ann. Elizabeth, uh I didn't get your last, the initial of your last name. 
I'm sorry, it's Elizabeth Dowdy. D. D. Okay, go ahead, Elizabeth, and then we'll have and, Catherine O after. Okay, Elizabeth D. Uh, recovered in Cincinnati. Um, hold on, I'm sorry. I'm, let me set my my timer real quick. Okay. Um, what I the thing that stands out to me in this paragraph is <clears throat> the emphasis of the the term this work. Um, you know, in the rooms over. I, you know, I've been coming to OA since 2001, and uh, I've noticed that we have a, a tendency to have to end up with fuzzy meanings for term for certain terms and um the work based upon this paragraph is working with others taking someone through the steps um and and then it goes on to talk about elimination of our drinking or elimination of our eating is is but a beginning a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes occupations and affairs and what that makes me think about is the results of the work you know because i can help someone uh, through the steps and they can recover but i've been told over and over and over again that's how i get the help that i need so i have to do this i may not make a sole vocation of it but i have to do this i have to give back I have to give away what I've what I've received. Um, so it's really working the twelfth step that this paragraph's talking about. But what it makes me think about is on Roman numeral twenty XX in the foreword to the third edition or the second edition. Sorry, it says for it's referring to uh, AA the public acceptance of AA growing by leaps and bounds back in the time when. Bill and Bob were starting the program. And it goes on to say the reason that it grew by leaps and bounds, there's two prime principal reasons, the large numbers of recoveries and reunited homes. So my life should demonstrate, one, that I'm recovered. I should, you know, whether, whether I've lost weight or not, you know, is irrelevant. Do I, am I, have I been restored to sanity? Do I, am I, am, you know, am I behaving differently? Am I talking differently? Do people recognize a difference? And is my home better off? You know, uh, I lived such a crazy, selfish, uh, my way or the highway life for so long. And, you know, the evidence of my recovery began to show up in my life when my marriage began to improve and my relationships began to improve. So, um, this work is very important, not only that I carry the message to help others, but so that I can continue to stay recovered myself and without a pass. Thank you, Elizabeth. Catherine O. followed by Carrie S. Catherine? Good morning. This is Kathleen O. Yeah. Oh, Kathleen. That's <laughs> okay. Recovered in California, currently in Arizona. So the elimination of drinking is but a beginning. That's an interesting sentence because when I came in, I wanted the elimination to be the end. I was going to get the diet, get thin, and I was bigger. And, of course, as I learned more, selfishness, self-seeking, 
that we believe is the root of our problem, and that was me. I was very selfish and self-centered. Um, just let me get what I want, and I'm gone. And it's so the steps in applying these principles, you know, um, to demonstrate these principles in all my affairs, um, the, the steps teach me how to live life on life's terms, and I get to continue every day to remember that I'm not in control. And I like to picture, um, you know, being in a car and my higher power is always in the driver's seat. I don't ever get to be there. Um, I get to be the passenger. I get to carry the message. I get to learn. And I also heard from a sponsee that I really, um, something that really helped me because fear comes up a lot in my life. And um, I get to keep fear in the back seat. It never gets to get in the front. Um, you know, there, I, there are still, I don't want to make a, I never had any intention of making this a full-time job, but I do find that I practice this, you know, I go throughout the day um, really practicing these principles. There are challenges in life. Um, I've learned that the challenge isn't the problem. It's the resistance to the challenge that causes the struggle. And if I can just let go let my higher power be in control. I get the answers. Um, you know, there is a solution to this seemingly hopeless state of mind and body, and the elimination of the of the food is only the beginning. I feel now that I happily practice these principles in all my affairs. I happily help others and give service, and I happily don't eat. And it, it sort of goes in that order, because if I leave out the middle, then although they say the elimination is but a beginning, if I leave out everything else, the eating is going to be the end result. And I don't want to go there. Life is so much better practicing these principles in all my affairs, doing these steps, you know, having people when I'm not perfect to give a 10-step and pray to. And thank you with that I talk. Thank you, Kathleen O. Carrie S., Good morning. Uh, hello, visionaries. This is Carrie S. in Golden, Colorado. Gratefully recovered. And uh, we feel a much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. I, too, did not think I was going to make a full-time job out of this, um, out of the 12 steps, but I'm so grateful to share that it really feels like the majority of my day is spent demonstrating the the principles. And I looked up the definition of demonstration. It's an action, you know, thank you, Bill W., for mixing up the words for us, at demonstration action or process of showing the existence or truth of something by giving proof or evidence. It's an affirmation, a validation. And the, so the word truth pops out to me. I just love that, you know, within the definition of truth is um, I've learned in, in this program to be straightforward, to really have the grit to, that it takes, the perseverance to be um, ethical, moral in my behaviors. You know, um, for me, it's that refusal to lie, steal, and deceive in any way, deceive others, which was my you know, that was my biggest issue when it, when I was in the food, I wanted to deceive, I wanted to lie. And, um, but God grants me the grit to earnestly seek him and have the perseverance and the faith 
of um, darkness of self, you know, may I lean into my God-given practice of connecting with others, you know, so I can be of maximum service. And I'm just constantly amazed how God's revealing more and more to me. You know, even when my willingness is raw and tested, you know, in my recovered state, I still have those moments, those flashes of, um, you know, my disease is right, you know, it's right there, it's real. But um, like another member shared, it's a balanced life. I have unlimited spare time right now compared to my, you know, constantly thinking about what I could do to get into some more food or, you know, hide and, and lie and steal. So, yeah, the begin it's the beginning of elimination of the poisons um, in my life. And I just wanted to celebrate, close by saying, um, I've, I've changed. In January 1st, my, one of my occupations that I do, I literally let it go because it didn't give me the chance I needed to be able to serve and connect with others. And so, that's just a huge gift in my life. And, you know, thanks to the golden or Colorado contingency here, um, the members of recovering people have really, they're really spiraling and um, it's a ripple effect here. So thanks everybody. With that, I'll pass. Thank you, Carrie S. Okay. We're going to reopen it up for sharing. Uh, We're on page 19, the first paragraph. None of us makes a sole vocation of this work. And who would like to share? Carol Kay. Carol Kay. Karen Kay. Karen. Is that P Karen Sankle? P. P. And who else? I heard someone else in there. Olivia P. Olivia P. Anyone else? Okay, I'll stick myself in there if we don't have any other readers. And let's go with that. We have Carol K, Karen P, Olivia P, and maybe Sylvia F. Go ahead, Carol. Hey, KB. Sherry, got you. Hi, this is Carol K, grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater from New Jersey. You know, this is a powerful sentence uh, to me. We feel the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And, you know, I remember when I came into the program and, you know, um, in doctor's opinion, on page XXX, it talks about um, the only relief we have is entire abstinence. And my sponsor explained what that was to me because I didn't, I, I didn't know nothing. I still don't know nothing. Um, but when I came in, she explained to me what that was. So that's when we went over my alcohol, foods, and ingredients. And that is vital for recovery. It's vital. You know, I can't eat one cookie. I could never do things like that as a, as, a, as, a, uh, as a compulsive overeater. So, you know, I had to really take a good, honest look, and I had to put those foods down, and that was the, but the beginning. And um, then she started studying after 24, 48 hours. You know, my brain had to clear up a little bit. I had to be able to at least have a little bit of thinking. <laughs> so... You know, after 24, 48 hours, uh, when my brain cleared up a little, then we started reading and studying through this book, and she took me through the steps. And i got to say this. Um, when I first uh, was, was doing step 12, and it says here, you know, can, you, can give nearly all their time to this work, and that's carry, carrying the message. And, you know, carrying the message was my duty back then, and it still is, but I don't look at it and I don't see it just as my duty anymore. I want to do it. I love to carry the message. 
I love when people ask me to sponsor them and I can be of help because I know what it was like. I was a newcomer once. I know what it was like when I was suffering and I came in here and, and would do anything to get the help that I needed and that I was willing to work for because I, I came in here, yes, I wanted to, to this recovery. I needed it. But you know what? I learned, and I learned real quick, that I had to take the action in order to get it. Wanting and needing it wasn't enough. And one last thing I want to say, I don't know how much time I have, but this program is the first. It comes first in my life. Yes, it comes before my husband. It comes before my kids. It comes first. And when I say the program, I mean my higher power. Because if I don't put program first above all, I'm going to go back to my old behaviors. And I was not, my behaviors were very far from pretty. I don't want to go back to that life. I know I'm only recovered from for today. I'm not cured. But today I'm recovered. And for that, I am so, so grateful. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you, Carol Kay. We have Karen P. followed by Olivia P. Karen. Hello, this is Karen T as in thankful oh. from no problem from um, Louisiana, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. I want to talk about the sentence: "All of us spend much of our spare time in the sort of effort which we are going to describe." And uh, I had a fun time with an excellency of mine at one point deciding how many hours a day you would need to dedicate to my OA program to do it, quote-unquote, perfectly. And so we averaged out going three meetings a week. We averaged that. We came up with two and a half hours a day uh, as a ballpark if we were talking to uh, sponsees and, uh, you know, 12-step work and 11-step work and 10-step work and going to meetings and uh, talking to our own sponsor. So anyway, that is a lot of spare time, you know. And so, yes, I do not have as much spare time as my friends, as other people, because I do the work that I need to do to stay recovered in a way. And it's a joy, and I want to do my higher power as well. But it just means that I'm going to have less time to you know, read novels or something. And uh, that's just the way it is. So, um, and then it's an effort. It's an effort to do these things, but the rewards are great. Um, The bright spot in our lives is working with others, as it says in another place in the big book. I believe in the first pages of working with others. But... It's a bright spot in our lives to be helping others, to be carrying this message, to be close to our higher power, to be praying only for the knowledge of God's will for us and the power to carry that out. And um, so, you know, I just get to come to that reality in my life that I'm going to have less spare time than someone else. And um, it also helps me that I may not do my OA program perfectly. There may be days that I don't have two and a half hours to spend um, in this sort of effort. And other days I may spend more. Um, But um, I can let go of my needing to do it perfectly, but I just do the next right thing that's in front of me, as it says in um, 
that story acceptance is the answer. You know, I just do the next thing that's in front of me and leave the results to God. And whatever happens, that's God's will for me. So um, I have liked this sentence for years because we spend much of our spare time and some days we don't have that much spare time and that's okay too. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Karen. Olivia, followed by Sherry KB. Olivia. Hi, this is Olivia P., a compulsive reader from West Virginia. Um, this is my first time on the call. I'm very glad to be here. Um, and it was a very fitting few sentences um, just talking about, you know, this idea of time. Time is at a premium for me these days. I work full time. I'm a graduate student. Um, life is really big. And life is really big in large part because I am, you know, in recovery. And that requires work too. Um, And sometimes it's very easy for me to go down this perfectionist road and say I'm not doing enough and feel this fear that I'm going to be smited down because I only have one meeting here in West Virginia. And you know, I only have this many sponsees and I can't get a hold of my sponsor. And am I doing enough? And am I putting it first? And what's going to happen to me? But I think that there's a lot of room in this for saying, I'm doing the best I can and there's progress, not perfection. Um, and it's just a beginning, you know, elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Uh, that's really powerful to me. And looking at the ways in which I can draw a program into my everyday life. And while I am strapped for time, you know, finding those spaces to make a call, to take a call, um, to get on this call. I'm sitting at work right now and I'm able to do it and I'm so grateful. Um, But also to give myself a little bit of compassion and say, you know, this is me showing up today. And I may not have the time I once did, um, but I I do have pockets of time, and it is important to me. And without recovery, I don't have this big full life. Um, it's very scary. It's it's very scary, and feeling, you know, a little bit lost and quite a bit overwhelmed lately. But I'm really grateful to be here and um, to be able to know that there are people on the other end who who get it, who who know where I'm at, who understand that it is progress, not perfection. Uh, And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Olivia. Sherry KB? Good morning, Sylvia. Good morning, everybody. This is Sherry KB in Northern California, Grateful Recovered Compulsive Reader. Thank you for your service, Sylvia. Um, Put myself on a timer here. Uh, we feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. Uh, throughout this book, they talk a lot about this is just a beginning. And the first thing we need to do is put down our food, our, especially our alcoholic foods, because we can't work these steps. We can't get the effect of the steps until we put the food down. And you've heard on the line so far that I personally believe that when I'm working with a sponsee and they get into the food, I'll tell them, please, um, you know, put the food down for 48 hours, and then call me, and we'll get back in the book immediately. Um, And so that, you know, first the elimination of the food has to be put down in order to to have the effect, to have the spiritual awakening, to have the um, 
personal transformation that we we are all promised if if we stay in this book and and um, put our our food down. So if this is only a beginning, that means that you know just because we're abstinent doesn't mean we're recovered. For me, I'll say that. And so what that means for me is that I immediately get in the book, I uh, work the steps, and then I immediately help someone else. Um, that's where I ask my higher power to help me to be useful. And so um, also, you know, not only doing that, but to demonstrate in my home. Um, that is the hardest place for me to practice this program is in my home. And I've been told that, you know, we need to practice these principles in all our affairs and if we can't, limit our affairs. So in other words, if I'm having a bad day, I need to make it a short day. Um, And I love the principles of this program. And um, there are principles for all the steps. There's principles for the traditions and there's principles for the concepts. And this just teaches us how to live. And I know that love, patience, and tolerance is my code. That's what it says throughout the book. And that if I can't do that, then I need to, you know, limit my affairs when I'm around other people. Um, But I love this book because it's very important to demonstrate these principles where I live, in my home, in my work, my occupation, my affairs with others. Um, And it talks about, you know, we do this in our spare time. Um, What, you know, a lot of people have been talking about that I believe, too, is that how how much time did you spend in the food, getting the food, uh, eating it, isolating? It isn't near as much a time you spend um, helping others and being useful. And um, with my higher power's help, I can do all this in, in a shorter amount of time than I ever was when I was in the food. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Thank you, Sherry KB. And this is Sylvia F. I'm going to step up here for just a second. Well, for maybe three minutes. We'll see. Um, and I, I'm going to piggyback on what was just said. We feel that elimination of our drinking is but a beginning. And um, when, I, when I came into program, it was 12 years ago this month. And I, re- I really remember that first meeting because I didn't know anything about 12 steps and, or recovery. I just could not live how I was living anymore. And, you know, I was in a huge body and that didn't even matter. I mean, I just couldn't stop eating. Uh, and uh, and I, was, I was spending so much time hiding what I was doing from my family, from my coworkers, um, that I was just exhausted by the whole thing. And so I came into meeting and um, listened and heard that this was a twofold illness and that it, I had a disease and it wasn't my fault. And I cried for a couple of weeks because I was so relieved to find out that this was not just a lack of self-control or moral issue on my part. But that very first day, someone after the meeting said, you know, do you, have, do you know anything about our food plans or anything? You know, no. And all she said was, you know, some of us try to only eat three meals a day and no sugar. I don't think she even mentioned flour. And so I said, okay, I'm going to start. And so the next day I ate my breakfast. It was probably huge. I don't even remember because I knew I had to make it till noon. And I thought that I was going to starve to death between 8 and 12. I don't think I had gone four hours before. And I really felt terrible. I just, I, I was starving. I was headachy and, but I made it till 12 and then I, you know, I made it again until dinner and I, there was a commuter meeting every day. I was living in Sacramento at the time, every weekday. And so I went to the commuter meeting and at 530, 
someone without without any provocation on my part said he had to remember that no one ever died of starvation between meals and I could start to laugh <sighs> you know because I really felt bad for weeks and but I wanted recovery I wanted what people had what I found now is that this elimination of our drinking is but a beginning that's what makes me available to be of service to other people that's what allows me to connect to a higher power if i'm if i don't have a good abstinence it's not about my weight i have a normal body weight now but it's can my thinking be clear enough to be of maximum service to others can i be present enough to practice my these principles in all my affairs in my home and if i'm not abstinent i can't and that is a great thing for me to remember every day and with that i pass um so we're going to open up the sharing again we're on page 19 first paragraph who would like to uh share this is rocky i rocky i got you who else mary h mary h got you and melanie Yep, thanks. Hi, you got me. I gotcha. Wendy M. Wendy M. Miriam T. Okay, Miriam T. And I heard one other person. P. Reggie. Reggie. Okay, we'll see if we have time for you, Reggie. We're going to start with Rocky, Mary H., Melanie C., Wendy M., Miriam P., and Reggie. Rocky. Good morning, this is Rocky I in Tempe, Arizona. Good morning, um, recovered. Um, I love this paragraph. None of us make a vocation of this work because, uh, oh, my God, I put so much work into diets and exercise and uh, always thinking, you know, the next thing, the next thing, the next, the next diet, the next, it was just so consuming. Um and today, with recovery, I don't. You know, I have a list of recover actions. I read, I pray, I meditate, I read, I write, I make it to the meaning. Um, and, and you know, it, it's, it's easier to live in recovery than to not be in recovery. I picture myself as that image of the cat in the hat trying to balance everything. And... Um, and so I am so very thankful that I get to work and be focused in my work and not worry about food um, and have family life and have uh, church life and other activities where before I didn't. Um, so, and I love my work. I love I sponsor six women. Uh, I talk to my sponsors just. When I when I talk about my recovery actions, people get like oh, overwhelmed, and it's like, well, think about when you were in, you know, before this, what were you doing? Um, and now is is easy, even though it's a lot, is easier. Um, I I have had the, the opportunity to really because um, I work for the school, so I am off during summers and other times, and so. When I'm off, um, I have chosen to really do a lot more work. Like I do more meetings, but not not for the benefit of getting recovered. It's just because now I like it and um, is little treats 
um, when I have that time off that I can get to go to other meetings where I have other friends, and it's just such a treat. Um, but then vacation is over, and I have to go back to life, and and I can do life in life terms, and uh, where it says here in our um, live in our homes, occupations, and affairs. Uh, to where before I never saw the opportunity to be kind and gentle and uh, nice to somebody else. Um, now I can see I can work my program outside the rooms too, and it's just such a gift. Um, and so I guess that's it. With that, I'll pass. Thank you for letting me share. Thank you, Rocky. We have Mary, then Wendy M, then Miriam, then Reggie. Mary, then Wendy. Good morning. This is Mary H., a compulsive overeater, recovered compulsive overeater in Northern California. Um, I wanted to take a little bit different spin on this, and um, because last night I was in a telephone meeting and we were studying Tradition 8 in the AA 12 and 12, which is AA should remain forever non-professional but our service centers may employ special workers. And um, it was really an interesting study. And it kind of, it ties into this paragraph because it talks about none of us makes a sole vocation of this work. And um, so, but there are special workers and it helped me to understand the difference. Maybe it's obvious to other people, but I'm a, Things come to me a little slower. And uh, um, what I understood from this is that, and I'll read part of it. Let me find a good sentence. On page 168 in the AA 12 and 12, it says, the job was not to do 12-step work. It was to make 12-step work possible. It was a service proposition, pure and simple. So I found that the difference is and the big book is talking about we don't make a sole vocation of doing 12-step work, meaning that sharing our experience, strength, and hope or guiding someone through the steps is not something we get paid to do, you know, but that we do have service workers that help us pass the message and make that message possible. And... Um, and they are paid because they have skills that we need, CPAs, and you know we pay um, places where we meet and things like that. So anyway, that was just what I was thinking about when, um, when we read this paragraph um, and how important our traditions are um, for us all to remain together and, um, and traditionate in particular because I was studying that last night. So that's it. Thanks for letting me share. Thanks, Mary H. I have Wendy M. and Miriam P. Hi, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Grateful to be on the line. And Sylvia, thanks so much for your service. Um, Wow, these passages are just so powerful. And uh, here we go. A much more important demonstration of our principles lies before us in our respective homes, occupations, and affairs. And uh, you take note, a much more important demonstration. So putting down the food for me about 10 months ago is was so much easier than putting down my behavior. Um, 
it's, you know, I can be honest about my food. I can even weigh and measure my food. Um, I know what my food is. It's pretty simple. Um, but being honest about my affairs with my husband, with my son, um, that is a much taller order for me. Um, I spent most of my time binging on resentments, binging on gossip. Um, I thought resentments tasted fabulous before I got into this program. I didn't even know what they were. I just kept eating them. Um, you know, and binging on gossip, oh, my Lord, that was my passive-aggressive way of getting through the getting through the world, being an enraged people pleaser really worked for me, and then it didn't. Um, so, you know, there's, there's, I have a food plan, but do I have a plan for how I'm going to behave in my marriage? And hey, how I'm, I'm on the line. Oh, uh, you need to, uh, Wendy's speaking, so whoever said I'm on the line needs to mute. Go ahead, Wendy. Um, so, you know, and I want to say too, and, and, you know, this program is about being honest. Um, you know, I can be on the phone in my office talking to a sponsee, making a 10 step call, getting a turnaround. And then the minute I hang up that phone, what am I like to my husband and to my son? Do I treat them the same way with the love and respect and enthusiasm that I treat my fellows on this line? Um, and that's the deal. That's the, whatever they say, metal to the pedal or pedal to the metal, um, you know. But here's the great news. It says here there is a solution, and there is a solution. This morning, I wrote and wrote, and I said, God, I'm going to be completely honest about um, what's going on in my marriage. I'm just going to say it all. And it was like writing out my food. You know, I was writing out my behavior, writing out my thinking, writing out my the attitude. And the great news is, we, I have a way out today. I don't have to be stuck here at all. I have daily 10 steps. I call all of you. Um, I can write that letter to God, and I can go to God at any moment. There is a solution to this issue, which is how I am in all my affairs, how I treat other people in all my affairs. This, to me, is just um, critical. And like I said, so much easier to put down that food and stay entirely abstinent than putting down these behaviors, this thinking, um, you know. But I have a solution that tells me set aside what you're thinking. And, um, and there's a new way to think. There's a new way to behave. Oh, thank you, God, for this program. And with that, I will pass. Thank you, Wendy. Miriam and then Reggie. Miriam. And we only have four minutes left, so if you could each keep it a little short, that would be great. Miriam. Miriam, star one. Hello, can you hear me? I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead, Miriam. Hi, this is Miriam T. T as in Ted from New York. Um, thank you, everybody, for being on the line. Um, the, the sentence, we feel that the elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, uh, a much more important demonstration of our principle lies before us in our perspective homes. So that, uh, to me, is a sentence that, um, like, really hits home. Um, I, after many decades and many years of abstinence in the program, I, and not until I came to a vision for you, this, this is the first part of the twofold illness, putting the food down. But then 
the other part is what next? Like how, once the food is down and how do I deal with, you know, I know that intellectually the, um, the steps are going to help with the, um, with the obsession of the mind. Um, and one of the things that I'm like dealing with life on life's term is not to isolate, um, to pick up and work, uh, to know that I can get on the line and that I could speak. And um, reaching out is not an easy thing uh, for me, but I'm doing it because this is what I have to do to live in the solution. And um, I wanted um, um, to share that and to hear everybody say, how do they surrender? What to, to hear how other people deal with when the um, when when um, when the things come like when it hits you when you feel antsy or when you feel um, just like you want to pick up the food uh, and you don't because you want to hear what others do. How does it share? That's part of this new beginning. Once the food is down. And um, we learn, I learn at least to live life on life's terms and to hear what people do for that, I am grateful. And I may not, I'm a little discombobulated, but um, I wanted um, to share that. And thank you, everybody, for sharing. Um, and with that, I pass. Thank you, Miriam. Reggie, oh, I, Reggie, I have two minutes. Can we get it in two minutes today? Uh, uh, sure. Will you let me know when two minutes are up? <laughs> I will. I have the timer on. Thanks. Okay, great. Yeah, no, boy, these first, uh, these two sentences that people have been talking about, elimination of our drinking is but a beginning, a much more important demonstration of our principles. So that's, that's, that has to happen, but the, the more important demonstration, and I, you know, that too, in my home, uh, demonstration in my home has always been the most difficult for me, and I, um, uh, as I was working through the steps uh, and vision this past fall, like September through like early November, mid-November, something like that, I can't remember. But during a part, during that, the end of that time, uh, I had someone living with me that I had uh, that was I was in a relationship with, and it was like my old as I as I was working the steps, you know, getting up at quarter of four in the mornings when we didn't have this meeting. Uh, I was like working my butt off to get recovered, and uh, and I did, you know. <clears throat> I mean, I had I had the spiritual awakening, last amends, but what I wasn't doing was practicing my principles in my home. And I just, when Melanie did the uh, special edition on Sunday, uh, or last Sunday, I uh, previous Sunday, I uh, it was just so. I thought, boy, I've got I have another amends to do that I'm not complete with, and it was with this person that. Uh, that we we uh, ended our relationship in early January, and I thought, oh my God, you know. And I I worked on it. I you know I listened to what Melanie said. I had worked with my sponsor around it so that I could really be in my heart. And I made that amends this past Saturday, and uh, it was amazing to me, you know. And at the end, I just you know I I asked her what you know is there anything else I should know, you know that that you experienced. And you know she was very without malice she was very honest with me about my behavior 
And uh, it was just, it was the most amazing gift, you know, and I feel like, I, you know, I don't know, I don't know what's happened, except I know, and even before that happened, I knew that this line was one of the most important to me, as you know, demonstrating these principles in my home. And I am so grateful to have had uh, the ability to wake up to that. And uh, so I'll pass for that. I think I heard your clock. Yes. Thank you so much, Reggie. <laughs> thank you. Uh, thank you to everyone who has shared. We will now close with a reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the Serenity Prayer. And will Karen T. please read A Vision for You? Our book is meant to be suggestive only. Karen? Hi, this is Karen. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Hi, Karen T., Recovered Compulsive Reader from Louisiana. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. You realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. But obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Okay. Uh, hang on just one second. 